welcome to this episode of Voice of the Force Temple Archives. Today, we'll be covering the High Republic Mission to Disaster. My name is Noma, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Dan. Hey, how's it going? Uh, not too bad. How about you? I am excited to get through this one to get to the next one. There's some good shit happening next. Yeah, yeah, and uh, kind of like what we said before, from here, we're kind of jumping all over the place, just finishing off all the media that we haven't had a chance to cover yet uh, from, you know, the end of phase one with Fallen Star. Mm -hmm. And also here to join us on our discussion about this book is my second co-host, as always, Ed. I'm eventually going to do that Kenobi scream for one of these. Yeah. I'm just waiting on the right episode to. When we start the Kenobi series. Probably. <laughs> Probably. I was just getting my voice. Yeah, when we're actually tweeted as soon as they released the trailer, he, he all he tweeted was Kenobi. <laughs> Uh, perfect. Oh, man. All right. But before we jump into Mission to Disaster, Ed, do you mind telling the listeners what this podcast is all about? Absolutely. On Temple Archives, we cover Star Wars canon. So that can be anything from the books released, TV shows, short series, little little excerpts on the internet, whatever it might be. But we summarize the story for you. We tell you how it relates to either Legends material or other canon material. We have a small discussion about it, and then we try to figure out and let you know where it fits in the timeline. So today is Mission to Disaster. Timeline-wise, it takes place about a year after uh, Tempest Runner, the audio drama. It was really good. You should check that out. We have an episode on that. And it's it still takes place before Midnight Horizon and all those. So Avar Chris is still Marshal of of Starlight Beacon. We saw so it's in that sort of area. It's it's a it's a quick one. It's a young readers one. So it was uh it was fun to get through and I think we'll enjoy it. I think we'll enjoy talking about this one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just before we get into this, if you have any questions or anything that you want to talk about that we might miss, you can find us over at voiceoftheforce.com. There we have a bunch of merch and other things you can look at. It's all great stuff. If you want to contact us by email, it's voiceoftheforce at, e at gmail.com, not email.com. Yo, let's get at email.com. Let's do that. <laughs> I'm going to look that up right now. Funny. <laughs> but if you're more into Twitter and Instagram, you can find us with the tag at voiceforcepod. Anything you retweet or repost, uh, it helps with our listener base. You want to grow it. We want to grow it. It's helped, and it, it helps, and we really appreciate it. But please listen, rate, review, subscribe. And follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, and all major podcast platforms. Uh, if you do leave us a five-star review and a comment, it does help with visibility. And if you end up subscribing, which you can do for free, uh, you'll get the latest episode as soon as it releases. Thank you, Ed. And before we jump into this review proper, we've also got our sponsor for this podcast, which is Audible. Dan, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about Audible? Yeah. Uh, Audible is a sponsor that we've had on uh, the Temple Archive show for the last three episodes, I believe. And uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun to listen to audiobooks of the novels and uh, young reader books and things that we cover on the podcast. Um, it's pretty good. Audible it has quite a bit of stuff that you can find on it, actually. Uh, Ed mentioned that we have uh, podcasts on there, so you can actually find the Voice of the Force podcast on there. Uh, you can find guided wellness programs, theatrical performances, A-list comedy, and exclusive Audible originals like Nameless. Ed said he listened to that last time when he was doing the little spiel about it as well. And it's pretty cool that you can find a whole bunch of range of books and novels. If there's a book that you've been reading, maybe you've already read it. Like um, maybe you've already read Ready Player One. But you want to hear the audiobook version. It's quite a bit longer. I think it's like 18 hours, something like that. And there's quite a bit of... Um, theatrical performance in it you get the sound effects you get the music you get the voice acting in it as well um for our like podcast here all of the novels that we've read through uh for the podcast i have listened to personally on audible i know sometimes i think ed you read them in person a few times uh last one i read was light of the jedi actually right, right. so there's a few that you can like get a different experience with and it's good to kind of have that uh, differentiated um, experience between somebody who reads a book and some audiobooks, that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, I started listening to Audible back in 2015 once they reset Canon. 
uh, with Disney. And so I wanted to kind of, you know, make a digital collection of all the, the canon material. And then it kind of just blended into this podcast and, you know, reading and listening to these books throughout the week on my commutes, making it a lot easier for me to get through material and getting a different perspective on Star Wars. And funny enough, pronunciation like Markian or Martian, we're still not sure, but it's a lot yeah. of fun and I highly recommend it. Um, it would it, This book would have been a little harder to get through, I think, if it was me reading mm. it in person. But I really enjoyed the the audiobook and the uh, the narrator for it as well, and as all the voices and performances that are done with it. So yeah, I, I highly recommend getting Audible. They are a sponsor of the podcast. You can get your own audiobooks uh, if you are not a member of Amazon Prime right now. You can get one free credit to get one book of anything. Uh, it could be a five hour audiobook like this one was, or it could be a thirty five hour audiobook, right? But you can find it over at audibletrial.com slash voiceforcepod. That's audibletrial.com slash voiceforcepod. And if you have an Amazon Prime account, you actually get two credits when you sign up for Audible using our link, which is awesome. So you can get two books, maybe this one and another one, or maybe Light of the Jedi or some other ones that we've gone through in the past that you might have been interested in. And with that being said, that's the end of our advertisement. Thank you, Audible, for sponsoring this podcast. And thank you, Dan, for that ad. Well, sponsor read, as it were. Now, without any further ado, let's get into the review. As we said at the top, now we are going through The High Republic, Mission to Disaster. Uh, This one is written by Justina Ireland. The cover artist for the original is Peter Antonson. And the narrator is Kaylor Lay. And as always, if I've mispronounced anybody's names, I apologize for that. So we've got a, um, it's a funny moment in this book just because of how little time it takes up in the actual book itself. But we've got Vernestra front and center with her purple lightsaber. And we've got Imri right behind her as they face off against two kind of like ice blue spiky crocodiles with four eyes. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's a very, it's kind of something that we talked about before. I think it's something we see especially in these kind of like kids, young adults books where it's kind of the art style skewed a lot more for kids. Yeah. And then along with that, the, the feeling that you get is, a, is a lot more, um, I guess kind of generalized. Cause this is just kind of a generic actiony thing. It's not a bad thing. It's to catch your eye. And I think it does. It does yeah. that. Like if I was a kid and I was looking at star Wars books and I saw this, I'd be like, this looks really <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yo, crocodiles. <laughs> yeah. Let's do this. Right. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's just, it, it doesn't paint the same kind of, of detail, uh, or it doesn't have the same kind of details that, like, Fallen Star did. Or yeah, like, like the that, alternate right? Fallen Star cover, or even the original yeah. one, yeah. Yeah, or even, you know, Mission to Disaster kind of showing what kind of, a, not Mission to Disaster, sorry, Midnight Horizon showing what kind of planet they were on with the kind of slate gray and everything. It's, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess this does relate to the planet that they're on, but it is, it all just looks a little bit more uh, generic. I feel like it but... sets the tone though for, for readers, right? Like if it's a young reader, mm. they might not have, well, they have a good imagination, but maybe they have time, hard time visualizing in their mind. Cause that's something that I work through with kids as a teacher is learning the skill to visualize. Right. Mm. And so like the way that this book is drawn on the front of it, it helps you at least know the, what the area is supposed to look like. And the two like main character, two of the main characters, as well as yeah. one of the conflicts that they have, right? So they, it kind of helps visualize that. And as the kids say nowadays, um, man, I just use that phrase. But as the kids yeah, say nowadays, this is like the magic cover, right? This is the magic moment in the book where, like, in a picture book, like in picture books, right? The cover okay. is like a scene from the book. And when they flip through the pages and they show you, like, when you do a read aloud. And then the, that page is the cover page. That's the magic cover. So like this is the magic cover in this book where mm. the kids are like, okay. oh, that's the scene. That's the scene from the cover, right? That's kind of what this is for kids. <clears throat> so yeah. Fair, fair, I guess. Like if they say Mission's <laughs> Disaster in the book, it's just like, oh. Yeah, oh, that too. yeah exactly. Well, I mean, these are like these are like <laughs> elementary school kids, right? Like, oh, like yeah, K, K to 8, right? Yeah, that's fair. Oh, K to 6, yeah, like, K to 6. Yeah, the only other thing that I think, it's just kind of why I, I find it generic is... 85% of the cover is brown, right? Yeah. yeah. And I don't know how you could really change that to make it better. So, I mean, this is just, you know, not me necessarily giving a critique, just my thoughts, but like the planet's brown, the Jedi robes are brown. Like, 
you even know, the it, water it's is like a darkish reddish brown. Yeah, yeah everything just kind of blends together. Even you know the clouds are kind of like a, a yellowish brown. It's it's the same kind of thing I pointed out in Fallen Stars, where it's just like all the golden white and Fallen Stars kind of blended together. Mm-hmm. I gotta say all that the, the shading, kind of like the where the like the light is coming from, is really good. Like that's like on the rocks on the left hand side there, yeah. on uh, Vernestra and Imri. Like it looks like the shading's good. Like I think he's done a good job with like the cartoony look, but also making yeah, sure yeah. that it's I mean, eye catching. Yeah, there's other things I can point out too, right? If we're if we're gonna point out artistic tricks, like I like how the canyons on either side, you know, kind of sw- kind of slope down so that it's yeah, it's framing Imri and Vernestra. Same thing with the crocodile snouts; they're all pointing at Vernestra. Like it's leading the eye to the right places, right and center stage. The lightsaber swipe, like there's the the line from the lightsaber swipe, mm-hmm. like the the echo of it, I guess. So it takes your eye from like the right side yeah, of the to, page from past the Vernestra crocodiles, past her to Imri. Mm-hmm. So like you see yeah. everything, and I love that. I, it's just really well done. Yeah, dynamics and movement's good. Like I said, it's it's just the color palette, right? Like it's just everything's brown. That's the only thing that actually bugs me. Yeah. If you yeah. look closely at the at the end of her sweep, you can see like almost an impact sparks coming off. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now that we have finished our artistic critique, <laughs> even though I said that's not what it was, over mission to disaster. Here is where I'll drop the spoiler warning for everybody. So. As always, from here on out, we're going to give you a quick synopsis, and then we're going to dive straight into our thoughts on the book. If you haven't read Mission to Disaster and you're interested in reading it, I definitely recommend stopping here and then going to read the book. It's only five hours on Audible. But if uh, you're not up for that, and I mean, you know, at this point, it is, like we said before, kind of like a kid's book, so I wouldn't blame you, then uh, stick around. But we will be spoiling everything that happens here. So... Without any further ado, this is your final spoiler warning. Let's head into the synopsis. As always, I'm just going to honestly kind of keep this short and sweet, especially because it's like a pretty short and sweet. It's a short book. Yeah. Not much to talk about. Yeah. And there's only really two areas that were, well, three, I guess, areas that we're in. Uh, The first part is taking place with. Uh, Avon Staros, who we had met briefly in, I actually don't remember what book it was. The it first... might have been Light of the Jedi. No, I, I think it was the Race. first. It was the um, first Vernestra book. What was it called? Oh, um, oh my Test of Courage. Test of Courage. Yeah, yeah it was Test yeah. of Courage. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. With with Comac and and all. Yeah, because that that comes into that and all the kind of stuff. But yeah, she is on the station that she was on. You know, learning all the stuff that she wanted to know. Um, from I can't remember the doctor's name. Is it Sunrider? Okay. Um, oh, you mean, you mean in this one? You mean yeah, yeah. The the, oh, no, no. the doctor that she's learning under. I yeah. can't remember her name because yeah, it, it doesn't come up too much. But <laughs> basically, right. yeah, basically they're on the station. It gets hit by the Nihil, and uh, Avon gets her friend to hide, and then goes to try and grab Imri's Kyber crystal, and that that makes her get caught by the Nihil, and she's taken away. Uh, from there, we kind of swap to. Vanestra and Imri, who are off kind of doing their own thing on the, a little bit of like a forced sabbatical, um, kind of doing some training and stuff. And as they're, as Vanestra and Imri are doing the training, um, I also just realized I've, I've kind of skipped over a bunch of Avon stuff, but I'll get to it in a second. Basically, as they're doing the exercise, uh, Vanestra gets a vision of Avon in trouble. She hears Avon uh, talking to somebody and uh, kind of realizes like oh something might have happened we should go by uh the station and you know check in make sure everything's okay um while all of this is happening we're getting a little bit more from avon's perspective she's been taken hostage with a bunch of other kids from it seems like all over the galaxy and um she helps them she basically tries to escape a couple of times it never really works. There's this um, very plot convenient uh, reptilian alien who just keeps literally appearing to just drag her back to her cell every single time and just always seems to know exactly what she's thinking. So that's where we kind of get that conversation from. It's also when when they this Shawnee, uh, we'll talk about that later because there's a description they give for this alien that just doesn't pan out at all um, from what we were able to see. But anyways... Yeah, it's basically her just trying to to help these kids get away from the Nihil multiple times. It doesn't work. So at the same time as this is happening, we get Vanestra and Imri who go to the station and kind of learn what's happened. And they meet J6 again, you know, uh, Avon's caretaker who conveniently wasn't around when Avon got taken. Otherwise, this entire book couldn't have happened. 
so now it becomes this mystery, right? Where's Avon? Let's figure out what's happening. And they end up going to this other planet, this, this as we're told multiple times, this very, very small planet called Dalna, where they're like, oh, we'll go there. And I think they were at first using it because it was the closest place to the station where they'd be able to use like a Jedi library to try and figure out what would help. So they go to this planet. They talk a little bit with the Jedi there. There's this whole, whole huge big mystery that we never get a, an answer to because apparently the Dalans don't like the Jedi because something happened, but we're it it's set up like we're going to learn about it and then we never do, which was kind of disappointing. But they basically learn from there that a bunch of people on down that have also gone missing. This leads to what is basically the crux of this book. It is a lot of them trying to kind of pry the information of the locals and basically X, Y, Z happens. And they find out that um, not only has the son of the vice president been kidnapped. And so they have to, they, they inadvertently track him down and free him. And that's where we get the little encounter with the ice lizard things. It's a very short encounter. It's like two pages. We learn from there that as well as taking the son captive, the Nihil have uh, said that they are going to, that they've planted charges around this fault line on the planet that'll basically like obliterate the planet if it goes off. Uh, so then they try to figure out how to get around that. Imri and the vice president and uh, one of the other Jedi on the planet go off to Starlight to try and figure out some more stuff and request some help. While that's happening, uh, they also learn that Avon is very nearby the planet, either on it or in the immediate vicinity of it, uh, with help from J6 as well as Avon getting a chance to actually send out a communications working with this Nihil scientist who is looking into crystal research to basically create um, localized ground quakes that they were going to use to destroy the planet Uh if they didn't go along with their demands, because it turns out there's a section of the planet where they had been making their threats that's thin enough that they could theoretically crack and flood the entire planet with magma, which is, I'm not a geologist, I don't know how, how um, feasible that plan is, but it seems a little bit weird. So... Basically, long story short, it ends with this whole kind of thing where Venestra is going to save Avon and the kids as the Nihil trigger their devices. The doctor in charge of it gets away. Um, Avon kind of sabotages the the devices, but not enough that they don't kind of destroy the planet, kind of, in quotes. So they're able to, to evacuate most of the population as Imri is able to put a plan together with the other Jedi from down there that he went with to drag Starlight over the planet with this like hyperspace tug maneuver that allows uh, all of the downlands to actually flee to starlight and get away. It kind of resolves there, just kind of everything up in the air where it's like, yeah, we did it. You know, we, we saved the city, even though the city's covered in lava, but the people survived, which is the important part. And yeah, the, the literally the down and Jedi, they're like, what are you guys going to do? And they're like, I don't know. We'll figure something out. I guess we'll be on starlight for fallen star to never be mentioned during that event. Um, <laughs> And then at the same time, at the end of the book, uh, you know, Avon's kind of still doing her own thing, trying to figure out all this all this different stuff that's happening. And I'll get into that in a second. But basically, Vernestra's approached by Avar Chris and being like, hey, you did good work, kid. Come help me kill the Drenger. I've got a plan and I'm putting a special team together for it. Um, and at the same time, then uh, we there had been a little bit of mentions of Sanistaros because, again, she is Avon's mom. And Gira, she. Gira. Oh yeah, sorry, Gira Staros. Yeah, Avon is the the daughter. Uh, oh yeah, Sanistaros is the one I hate. <laughs> but we, Gira's we getting get, close to that, though. Yeah, we're getting pretty close. We get a little bit of a reunion uh, with her and Avon at the end, and Avon's a smart character, and I'm glad that they they kept her smart through this entire book because Gira drops some information that she shouldn't know to Avon as they're doing the reunion, where she's basically. It's such a it's such a dumb move for her to do, but yeah, that, right. you know she yeah. she names the Nihil that kidnapped her, that kidnapped Avon, and then after she leaves, Avon's talking to Imri and being like, "I didn't tell anybody who I was working for when they kidnapped me. How the fuck does my mom know?" It's like, did you guys tell him? No. Yeah. yeah, and Imri's like, "No," and yeah, and you can kind of see Avon being like, "Oh no," yeah. as she kind of realizes what that would mean. And yeah, that's basically where the book ends off. Just you know, kind of some interesting questions and. Uh, not a lot of stuff happened, but it was an interesting character development book for Avon and a little bit for Emery and Vernestra. Emery gets the least character development in this book. Um, his character development is he likes food. 
And that's about it. You know what, if somebody <laughs> destroyed my favorite noodle cart too, I'd be pretty yeah. upset. <laughs> he takes it as like a personal insult, though. He's like, these, these fucking Nihil. I'm just gonna tell you right now, a good no noodle shop. To... A good noodle shop is solid. You don't <laughs> fuck with some I, man's noodle shop. I just love how he's like, the Republic Fair was one thing, but this is a step too far. <laughs> it's like, all right, Kane destroyed the ramen shop, Naruto's crying. So, right, right. <laughs> It was Ichiraku ramen, maybe I'd feel differently, but it's not. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, overall, this book, it's it's okay. It's not bad. Not a lot of stuff happens. There was one thing where I was, there there are some implications of the Nihil where it's just like really, the fact that you make me hate the Nihil most in a children's book of all things is kind of impressive. Yeah, because yeah. they're very much pulling like an African warlords, like enslaving children to yeah. force them to become Nihil in this book. And I was like, wow, I was not ready for as much of a dark like drop off into darkness and then it's even said like if they can't cut it as an eye hill they just sell them to the zygerians and it's like okay okay. i've got some i've got some questions like about the zygerians it's it's i don't know i I don't want to get into it too much but i don't understand like i don't understand why they're allowed to just be if it's been this many years where they've been doing it right like the hut cartel is one thing Mm-hmm. But the Zygerians are not the huts, and they've never, I don't know. It, no, it's they lot, have but... such small sector of space, like, you yeah. just mess them up and just end it. Yeah. And no. Like, if you're telling, uh, yeah, because it's one of those things that just, you know, High Republic's not making this an issue, it's just them in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like, if you're telling me that there is a race that is universally more hated than the Mandalorians. Yeah, and nothing's but being you, done to them. Yeah, but you can't muster up the resources to exterminate them. You're fine with exterminating the Mandalorians like five different times, right? Well, I say extermination with quotations because they always survive, right? Mm. But there's been multiple Mandalorian purges, and maybe it's because they're the not really pen- a threat. They're not. They're not actively attacking like Corvettes yeah. and stuff like that. But the yeah. demo will take anybody. Yeah. And- Press yeah. them into slavery. You, it's just like, would, oh well, core worlds. We don't, we don't abide by that. We don't like that. So we'll yeah. do something about it. Oh well, it's our jurisdiction. So yeah, but then, it. so it would depend because I, I think the the mainstay of my ire would be around whether or not Django Fett Open Seasons is still canon or not. It, at this point, it's, it's not. But yeah, I get you. Well, it's up in the air, right? Because we have Jaster Mariel again because mm-hmm. of uh, Mandalorian season two. Yeah, yeah. But theoretically, that means Open Season could could be canon. Right, and if that's the case, then the latest Mandalorian, the their latest purge of the Mandalorians before the original trilogy was in the galactic was you know before the uh, the separatist uh, war. I don't even remember what you call it for some reason, but the Clone Wars. Yeah, why am I so stupid? I've forgotten the name of the Clone Wars. But yeah, it happened before the Clone Wars. It happened when Jango was uh, like a young adult, right? Mm. Dooku, Jedi Dooku at that point comes down with a Jedi Strike Force yeah. and a Republic Task Force and wipes out the Mandalorians, wipes out the Super Commandos, puts Django into slavery, all that kind of stuff. So if that's still canon, then it's like, well, what the fuck are the Zygerians still around? Yeah. Right? If it's not canon anymore, I still have that question. It's just there's, I can't use that example anymore. Exactly. Right? But just to yeah. clarify, Dooku didn't actually just go hand them off to the Zygerians. He gave yeah, them to yeah, like, yeah, the yeah. planetary. Governor, and then he yeah. was working with another bad guy, and they was like, "Oh, okay, yeah. we can get rid of you." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, he sold. He's oh, technically right. sold into slavery by the Republic, not the Jedi. But that event also does disillusion Dooku to the point where it's one of the main reasons he leaves. And then he becomes, he becomes yeah. a Sith Lord yeah. that works alongside Chekka. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, so Employs then the bounty hunter game comes into play, and yeah, that yeah. becomes Dooku. Yeah. Uh, handpicking Django to recruit basically oh, yeah. because you of Kamari Bosa. That meeting goes. That meeting is awesome. Yeah, it's super cool. Hey, back I'm gonna tell book. you about it anyway. Django walks in and he's just like, "Hey, what's going on?" It's you and me, Dooku. He sits at one end of the table. Dooku sits at the other. They start chatting nonsensically for a bit. Then Dooku's like, <clears throat> "Oh, oh, what is this? What is this? Oh, yeah, poison dew. What? Yeah, my armor. It's just poison dew when I walked in. Oh, what?" Oh, why aren't you feeling the effects? Because I'm from Concord Dawn, where the poison is from, so I'm immune. Oh, you are inoculated as a child. Oh, okay. Oh, so yeah, given to my demands. I want this. I want this. I want a kid of my own. I want all this. Hmm. Yeah, okay, maybe. Wait, how are you fine? You should be dying from poison. Yeah, I have the force. Oh, <laughs> respect. Yeah, respect. Okay, yeah. cool. We got this. Like, it's it's that chill of an argument. Meanwhile, both mm. of them are just like, you could die at any point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, yeah. it's awesome. There's it's a, sh- it's a really short series, but um, it's worth reading. It's worth reading, definitely. Yeah, 
Uh, there's some things that I, I really liked about this. Like, there's some main points that I kind of want to go over that made a difference for me in this. Okay. Mm -hmm. Number one, I can't remember the doctor's name. Um, Noma, you might remember, but the doctor that Avon works for—that's the kidnapper. Mm -hmm. uh, she's the ma mastermind behind the uh, fog of war gas that the Nihil use. Yeah. And now a seismic generator to you know screw up like cores of planets and stuff like that. Um, and like the technology of using crystals to power weapons of destruction very mm. much fits into like the Martian row kind of um, aspect of it. And like if Martian can kill Jedi or at least imprison them and then take those kyber crystals, then they have legit kyber crystals that they can use, right? So like, I feel like there's a a lead kind of going from that because this doctor also is like super cybernetic, like Google gadget kind of person with like super quick legs, guns in their wrists and like stuff mm -hmm. like that. I thought that was pretty interesting to create a character that's like a foil for Avon, I guess. No, they just managed to implant a serial killer into a into a children's book and not make them sound so terrible. Like, <laughs> but again, it's not, can... it's, they're not a, like the, the character's not like a serial killer though. They're, they're they want to. No, they're it's, not. They have. They, they don't murder people. Okay, no, 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 no. Hang on now. They they have they have that kind of process because mm. the whole reason they're with the Nihil is because they kept getting stopped from completing the work that they wanted. They wanted, to yeah. Do. They wanted scientific mm. advancements, and the only way they could do that is with the bad side. And they don't care who gets hurt. They're... But that's not their primary objective. Their primary objective is to make the science work. There, there are. Oh, I don't know. It depends how much you want to read between the lines. She's, she's a very sociopath. She's an asshole. Either way, she's a bad I person. Think they they put it to they put it to level though because with um, Avon, she's very logical. She yeah. follows logic and everything like that. You find another person who's like you know she was with her and she's like you also follow some real logic as well. Like she mm -hmm. finds like, her, yeah. Here's the dark side of what I could become potentially. Yeah, like it's, you have potential to yeah. excel your science at a cost. It's 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 like a, you it's lose your sociopathic. Right. And that's yeah, it's, why it's, it's a sociopathic yeah. way of working, right? Because Zadina mentions that the entire reason she's working with the Nihil is because she was the planet she was experimenting on, that she was experimenting on because there was a brutal civil war, ended and then she had to go with the nihil so that she could keep Have testing out these things yeah, yeah yep. in, in areas of duress right yeah it's presented in like literally i like you could imagine from like world war ii like mengala saying the same thing yeah right? it's, it's sociopathic leave... but not serial killer like serial killer is very specific in but like who you're you killing want... and why you're killing them okay, and what can, it I, is. can i actually fit <laughs> go for it because mengala well yeah because like you say it as like a, oh yeah i needed experiments on right as Mengele's massacring hundreds of thousands of people. Right. Right. There's no indication that that's not the exact same thing Zadina was doing. That's more of a genocide, She never right? talks with any... She never talks about other people like they are anything even worth considering. Right. And right? I agree. Sociopathic, for sure. when she was talking to Avon, and Avon says, I want to talk to the kids again, she goes, why? None of them even matter. They're all just going to fucking die. Who cares about people that are lesser than us, right? Yep. And that's what I'm saying. The implications from that are being, this is someone who could have killed 100,000 people and isn't going to gloat about it because she doesn't care about people that don't matter. No, I get you. I agree right. with that. All Maybe I'm trying to say is... I get, I get what you're trying to say. I'm just nitpicking about wording, and I shouldn't. In in terms just, of just yeah. like you know, she doesn't have a a specific thing she's going for. So the a serial killer is very specific in what they do, right? And the people Where, they target. But like, I think to to show all that is because like yeah. they, they made mention of her cybernetics and all that, and it's just like the more she's done this, and the more involved she's been in it, the more she's been losing her humanity. Oh yeah, for so sure. Into in that almost Calvinian esque. Like, Yes, but in the sense where he wanted to do it willingly and yes. he was trying to strip all that away, where she's yeah. just like, oh no, it's the cost. I just, to do, push the button, you kill a bunch of people and maybe hurt yourself. But if you don't push the button, you save a bunch of people and you keep yourself push mm -hmm. button. Yeah, yeah, test that science. Right? Yeah. So she's a very interesting character and like she's definitely coming back. We'll see she her escapes, again. Yeah. Right? yeah, she. Yeah. She's definitely a character that escapes and it's, is coming back for sure. It's that, just starting that to get. Was like, like what? It's it's so Gosh. it's it's just so blunt, but it's starting to get on my nerves a little bit. It hasn't hit full blown trope yet, but if we hit a third, if we hit a third scientist who is look, the ends justify the means, and I can I'm just going to be evil because I want to get the sciency award and I want to do my thing. Right. If we get a third one, 
I then it's full blown trope because we had chance or chance. I mean, she's dead now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. She's gone now. But right, it's it, it like literally yeah. as I was listening to her, I was like, this is the exact like same character that Chance was. Yeah, yeah. Like n- yeah, literally. Like the only difference is that Chance ch- had a kid, right? Yeah. That's the only difference between these two. She characters. had a redeeming and quality about her wanting the best for her daughter, but also yeah, being but a the piece best in her eyes. Yes, yeah. the best in her eyes. Right. Great. Right. Yeah. So it's it's She's like you're yeah, a good was, person. Why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How dare you care about other people? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It was just it was that right, and it, it's it's also just because we're starting to to hit this con again, same kind of thing of the evil mentor. Right? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. We're like we've got that with Zadina. We had that with Chansa, Chansey, Chansa. I can't remember her name Chansey. anymore. We had that with. Um, but also the opposite. In terms of personality, yes, right? she was actually a Gengar all yeah. along. <laughs> yeah, but and and then we, you know we had um, uh, Al- Alfie. I'm just, I can't remember all these characters yeah. anymore. Affy, Affy, yeah, Affy. Her her mom as well, right? Yeah. Where or her and foster mom, yeah. yeah, who also was the evil. I think it's because uh, we have lead thing. Oh, and and uh, Staros. That's the like we're just getting so many of them. It's because we have a lot it's of younger like... characters that the mentors are a big thing in that, right? I guess okay. it's, stage of life. it's coming up too often. It's coming up way too often. Hey, we have very uh, the majority capable... of the cast is, is like Padawan or younger characters. Okay, but in, in general, this whole series we had a very capable evil mentors, and then the good guy mentors who are supposed to be like you know helping everybody are so dysfunctional they can't do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at um, what's the. <sighs> Best Jedi of his generation, who's Stalin? supposed to be, yeah, Stellan. Oh, okay. Like you, you get people like him and everything, like that, and it's just like, yeah, yeah, lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, I was, like, I was like, that's a lot of characters, man. I don't know what that action is apart from it's being but a you lightsaber. Get, you get characters like that, and then Komak, who's like the best of trying to, and then it's just like, fuck it, I'm done. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. While the evil ones are just like, hey, see, yeah. evil works. Do it. No, I won't do it. I'm gonna follow them. All right, your funeral. Yeah. Oh, and then something bad happens to the evil one finally, but it's not so bad, and they get away. It's just mm-hmm. like, what did you guys? Why? What did you guys think of um, the whole like? Um, sorry, I was trying to think of the name. the The Tempest Runner. Uh, what's her name? Eh. I didn't realize cool. there was a Tempest Runner. I thought, I thought it was a storm. And then yeah. they, they said Tempest like many times. And I'm like, my yeah. brain was like storm, 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 storm. Because it's a mm. young reader book. I'm like, it's not going to be somebody big. But it's one of the Tempest runners. It's one of the new ones that took over for Panada, right? It's it's a Tempest that's and... been decimated. So it's only one ship. It's yeah. not even really a Tempest. It should point. be a strike. Um, but that's that's all. She was there for shock value for Avon yeah. more than anything. Yeah, and she's like, you're like, going to die. And then the, yeah. the doctor's like, no, I need you. We'll see my them my god is what i think an evil corn i never would have seen yeah, it coming right? yeah well i mean we've, we've been introduced to this person before this is not have the first, we? yeah I, this I was in uh rising storm or something because they they did mention this character as a as a quorin uh hmm. the new tempest runner is a quorin and the name because i was like oh i recognize that and yeah it's from one of the other other books we've read, i feel like this it, is it was when a they're passing off doing thing. their own thing and then lorna came back and she was like yeah i'm here yeah and this is all like, before oh. like hmm all before like fallen star like this takes yeah. place before avar even leaves to be go after um mm. lorna d Jenga. right so like yeah. lorna d still part of the tempests and she hasn't gone to prison yet or anything like that so all that's this is yeah. way before that this is like i mean like two-fifths of the way through wave one or uh phase mm. one yeah i mean she was super whatever there there's not there's nothing for me to really latch on to yeah, like she's kind of despicable. She's kidnapping person. kids. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, but it's like, okay, cool. You're an evil person. We've already had Panada. We already had uh, Kassiv. We've already had Lorna D. We've already had Zetar. We're blowing through them pretty quick. It, like at least Zetar, there was something interesting about him. Right? Robot power suit. Yeah, yeah old power suit. Cool. He's he's not he's not your your average raider. Like Panada just could like Panada got boring, but he just wouldn't die. Yeah, and like he literally just kept coming back through the power of the plot. Lorna D, right? If it wasn't for Tempest Runner, I would honestly would I love probably Lorna not D. care about her that much. She's, yeah, Tempest Runner did a great job making her interesting. I think she's oh, yeah. just as, if not more, interesting than Marcion Rowe. 
Because they won't do anything with Martial. He's yeah. he's there and he's like, scary guy. And yeah. I come in to do the scary thing and I'm gone again. Now that we've gotten to the point where we're hitting phase two, I definitely think we're gonna get more of him. Because we got the there's a there's a one shot comic with I two issues. So. He needs another That's book just like about Rising him. Storm though. Well there's yeah. one or called The Eye of the Storm. Okay. So yeah, maybe. there's two issues that we're gonna be reading soon that are about him. So. I just want to see more about these levelers. Like, okay, yeah, I, I do too. Just, I hope it goes remember, into that. I just thought he got the one, then all of a sudden there's multiple. And it's yeah. like, okay, where are you getting these from? Like, I'd like to know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was surprised that Emery, like, I guess Vanestra and Emery are working through that dark side thing that Emery was going through a while back. Like, it's not really mentioned at all in this, apart from like they gotta be, they both gotta be careful about the attachment, right? They they know the hmm. attachment to Avon is not like a um something that they're basing everything off of it's not like absorb it's not uh conducive to their actions it's not controlling their actions right but it's something mm. like they just they feel responsible for her because they dropped her off at poor Hayleap, like that she wanted right and so mm. like there's a lot of actions that they want to do but they can't do it because they have to help people on what's the planet mm. called again dalna dalna okay yeah. yeah so dalna and it's interesting to kind of see that they have to push aside that attachment even if it's a slight attachment to avon and can't mm. go help her because they have to help on Aldana, right? And I, yeah. I thought that was a really interesting twist to like, not just being like, oh, you're going here, and then you got the information, and now you're going here, right? It just kind of, it kind of just worked out because they didn't know that she was on Dalna. I like that there. though because it, it's supposed to show you. It's like, no, the whole point of to be a Jedi, you're supposed to be a peacekeeper. You're supposed to help. Mm. So there are people in need here. There's something to do, and you're here. It's your job. And it's just like, yeah, you're on special assignment kind of by yourselves to go do this thing, but you've just come across people in need. Mm. And I remember playing the Old Republic every time. It's just like, there was that omission like that. It was just like, you got to get there right now because this thing's going to happen, but there's danger. There's danger here. You need to defend mm. these people. Light side, help the people. Dark side, go do the thing anyway. Yeah. And it's just like, I know what yeah. they're going to do. They have to. They won't They won't be it, able to not. Yeah. It, it gave me flashbacks to one of my least favorite moments in another mmo um which is dan unfortunately isn't going to notice at all but playing a realm reborn in final fantasy 14 oh no minfilia is being captured and tortured but what if we built an airship and it's like what the fuck are you talking about like <laughs> no but don't worry because fucking alphanad might as well be the fucking actual antecedent so yeah it's just it's it's you know it's interesting it's a good it's a better reason at least than final fantasy yeah. is because um, it it is legit, right? This is something the Jedi are supposed to do. You're supposed to help everybody. You can't just pick and choose, right? Yeah. It's so a that good part's... reminder. Yeah. And there were good I... points for like Imri comes back and says like, you know, like Vernestra's like voices in his head, not actual voice, but like a memory of her voice mm. saying like mm -hmm. patience and tranquility. Like you yeah. need to remember those things in this Hammering moment of lessons. being very, very anxious. Yeah. Right. There, there were a couple moments in this book where I wish the characters had been a little bit smarter. Yeah, because yeah. there are some big warning signs that get sent out and they don't react to them at all. Or they they even say because the two things that really bugged me were when Vernestra and the down in Jedi, the Sparkburn, I can't remember mm -hmm. his first name, yeah. are like when they're talking to the vice president. He He says something to them where I'm like, in any other in any situation, you'd be like, well, that was that meant something. I should look into this because he says mm. everything's fine. Don't worry about it. There's no reason to call any more Jedi. And it's like, oh, that's a and she, they you did say, say that. Yeah. As soon as you say that, I'm like, cool. So we need to be bringing more Jedi here because something's up. Yeah. Right. So that was the first part where I was like, maybe it was a clue for them to be like, please read right? between what I'm trying to say. Especially since what we, you know, we learned the vice president's son's being held hostage. Exactly. Right? So yeah. Like as soon as you say that, as soon as he said that, I was like, someone should have been like, why did he say, what did, and what, that's a thing to say. Vern, Vern does like say like, that was odd. And this is a person that I can't trust, yeah, but that's but all it goes to. Yeah. Yeah, like no hidden meanings or anything, right? So mm. then you learn about this, and then she goes to meet the actual president, and they're having this talk, and she's like, I can't trust either of these people at all. Let Not me sure discuss why, my yeah. plans with them still in the room with me. Yeah. And I was like, I, uh, <laughs> excuse yeah. me? Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, she's like, I can't trust the, the president because she's acting like this isn't a big deal and she wants this to be over with. And her aide is also du ducking every single question. Neither of them should be acting like this something's happening mm -hmm. and she goes okay 
let me figure out a plan with you two. And I'm like, why? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was hoping that it was going to be like a misdirection kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah we're just going to go. We're going to leave and we'll figure out something. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, we're going to the thing. They they think we're leaving. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, you know, the Jedi, something like that. Uh, but deception is not the Jedi way. Yeah. You know how smart it is. I don't think it's deception. It's more of just like common sense. But hey, like, same thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but because we, we know that would have been something Obi Wan would have done. Exactly. Right? Like, like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Again, no, she's sixteen nothing. too, right? She's a genius, but she's sixteen. But she's with she's, adults. She's, in that no, she's eighteen now, dude. Yeah, that's true. She's, she's been now. three years since. Yeah, yeah. yeah since she mentioned that at one point. They mentioned that. Oh, okay. Also, um, I like that. While we didn't have a lot more development. I'm glad they did mention the how he he's training is is in progress where it's like yeah with the jumping in the beginning he's mm. he's learning to do that and that's where he gets the well that's where Renesha gets the where it all starts off but also just the fact of his um his empath abilities and all yep. that and how he now has techniques so he's just like oh you're you're feeling really messed up I can't take that from you so I gotta like really really focus and concentrate they didn't it, right? i wish they had talked about the rituals and stuff that he learned with uh with wreath yeah to be like mm. okay do i chant something do i say something do i go to my happy place or whatever it is like i wish they went into more detail about that yeah because it's an interesting thing he's like there's so many characters in this where he's just like you're feeling troubled hand on the shoulder what's up buddy oh they're fine and I think like you, you're mm. clearly like directing it when you can, and you know when you're not. He's controlling it. To. He's yeah. he's getting more control over it, which is good to see from the last one. Who's he stepped out of the course and was like, "Oh god, I'm gonna die." <laughs> yeah, I can't yeah, wait right? to get these so. characters in a young adult book because I feel like they're gonna make so much more progress in those. Well, this yeah, has I mean, to be a certain chat. certain like yeah. it's it's to a certain audience, and it has to be a certain amount of depth, but not too deep, right? Mm-hmm. So like that's where. They kind of well, that was yeah. That, sorry, that, that was one of the best parts of Out of Shadows, right? Was being yeah. able to see both of them in you know a more serious situation. Exactly. Um, but yeah, oh the the Sparkburn guy, his name is yeah. Yasek or Yasek. Yasek, yeah. yeah. And they have almost as good as Cook as uh, what's his? Yeah, he's a talented chef. Oh yeah, Porter Engel. Yeah. <laughs> and that was an interesting thing because as soon as they mentioned his name, right, it was like, oh, Sparkburn. I was like, isn't that the Jordana. one that's yeah, 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 Jordana. I just sent you a link uh, of what he looks like. Oh okay. Um, but yeah, as soon as they said that, I was like, oh yeah, so he's related to Jordana then, like you know. And is, then is they ask him on? about it. Yeah, yeah. So and then he's just like, no, I don't know who that is. I don't There's really a care. lot of us around. <laughs> yeah. There's Santecas everywhere. Yeah. There's spark burns everywhere. Um, yeah. So just just the in universe explanation for that, I was like, okay, that's cool. I appreciate that you're taking yeah. a bit of time to tell us this. Is there anything else that happened in this book that was really like? I mean, Dolan gets destroyed, right? Yeah, but who cares? People, we yeah. were introduced to this planet, this book. So. Right. And like they the people evacuate already with yeah. Yeah. Starlight being towed through hyperspace was kind of cool. Mm. Like that's a really interesting, interesting way of doing it. Yeah, because yeah. they're like, they mentioned tractor beam, pull it. And that's like, we need a massive tractor beam to do that. It's like, okay, how about we tow it, right? And tow mm. through hyperspace. It's like, oh, that's a cool idea. See, the question now is, so what do they do from this point to later? Because later on, Starlight can hyperspace travel normally. Right, because it's over. No, it, um, it does get tugged through hyperspace again. They mentioned that. Remember, oh, we just yeah. read okay. in. I think it was Fallen either Star? Midnight Horizon or Fallen Star. They mentioned that one of the big ships had just tugged it yeah. to the place they were oh, over okay. at that yeah. point, and so, that's yeah. why they were back and forth asking for help. Like, I guess it's the first version that. of that yeah. tow, and then they did it again to go somewhere exactly. else to provide aid. Because mm. okay. I, I, I thought it was just like the funniest thing is just like. Yeah, it's administrative things. Like we got like a back, like you know, like we're having supply issues because mm. of like administrative problems, so we can't turn them online yet. And it's just like, yo, too much, man, too much COVID, too much. Oh, dude, it it reminded me of one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite Warhammer 40k moments, because so I'm gonna go on to the tangent here. There's a huge thing. There's a huge in joke in Warhammer 40k where it's like when you control a galaxy the size of you know our own galaxy. And you own everything in that. The administration's a fucking nightmare. Oh yeah. Um, and so it's it reminded me of yeah when they were mentioning this in in the book, it reminded me of it because there's so many administratum things. Sorry, it's called the Adepta Administratum joke, yep. like thing stories that they have in 40k that are hilarious. Like one of my favorites is there's there's a Catachin regiment that's assigned to a new war zone. The regiment was wiped out 150 years ago, but they don't know that because no one logged it. So they send the the regiment to go out, and it never shows up. 
It's like, oh, well, they deserted. So 300 years after the entire regiment was all dead, they were all branded heretics and had task forces sent to hunt them down. And, and eventually, 650 years after that heresy notice, they finally find out that, oh, it was an administrative error because they can't fucking find them and they realize they're all dead. So they go, oh, okay. Uh, we'll log the paperwork right. in. Yeah, we'll log the paperwork in and, and we'll have it, you know, we'll have them pardoned. So 2,300 years after everyone in that regiment was dead. <laughs> and it Jesus. literally says like their descendants, descendants have all already died out at this point. They are finally pardoned of their crimes of being heretics for not showing up on this battlefield. And then there's another one, the one that was uh, kind of what I first thought of when this situation happens, is there's a guard regiment who, in one of the novels, are preparing to go at the fight. And the the administratum sends them all the wrong ammunition type. Oh, my God. (laughs) All of it. So they have 85 pallets, and each pallet has has 250 clips of all the wrong oh. ammunition that can't fit in their weapons. That's and so the they have worst. to go into the battle literally with like three shots apiece. Oh <laughs> my if I, if you imagine being in that situation, just seeing that, just like what just everybody shoot yourself now. Yeah. Yeah. Save, save and, the, some time. and there's Stupid. a hilarious chapter where it's it's one of the the colonels in the armory, like just talking with the administratum guy and being like, look, this is a size five. All of my guns use size three. How the fuck am I supposed to fight on this planet when the clip size is two things larger? And it's this hilarious back and forth because the guy's like, well, that's what's on the paper, so it should be good for yeah, you. Yeah, it's like, listen to me, you stupid pencil pusher. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're all going to die now because of your stupid yeah. administrator of error. Yeah, because yeah, that's yeah. what it says. Well, here's what I say. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I, I, I just love that little piece. It's like, yep, there's that little piece of like our, our world kind of sneaking mm-hmm. in there a little bit, which is nice because like the Star Wars universe isn't perfect. And I like how it showed that a little bit with like, you know, Starlight, it could go through hyperspace if we had that extra part, but it's lost in <laughs> shipping. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's being lost in shipping right now. Got to find that tracking number. Um, but then at the same time, like, I, I appreciate where the argument's coming from, but I was like, you couldn't get one person. There's one Jedi. Just leave and get the part and come back. And, and come back. Like, right? part, I don't know what happened. There's yeah. so many people on this friggin' yeah. Station, you're just like, oh, no, it's fine. Yeah, like and it's it, not it, like it's... we haven't seen large space stations before. Mm-hmm. Because the Star Forges, we've had a bunch of other ones. Oh, Max, there's Carrick Station, Viking Space Dock, all these things that are basically <laughs> the same size. Oh no, but Starlight Special. Because... But you said uh, that there is a three yeah. and a five, and uh, those don't add up. So uh, we're trick back Gotta do the paperwork months. all over yeah, again. Just... Go get your Honko stamp going. It's <laughs> literally that. It's like, so yo, yeah, the Honko no stamp was in the wrong position, boys. Right. Yeah, time, time to restart this whole thing again. Oh, Don't worry, God. though. They decided not to get rid of it, so it's going to be here for another 700 <laughs> years. <laughs> All right. Uh, is there anything else about this book that we really wanted to talk about? I, I don't know if there was much else uh, in terms really. of... We get the dual-phase lightsaber thing again with the, the whip when she's fighting the yeah. Yeah. Uh, mechanical but, I mean, doctor person. The fight scenes in this book are so short. Yeah, they're, they're maybe like a paragraph time. long. Yeah, there's two, and each one's about the same length. Yeah, they want you to focus on the logic, not the fighting in this one. Yeah, it's more about the relationships, and I think that kind of speaks to like the audience it's going towards, right? Like the main Mm. thing for kids is we don't want there to be majority of fighting. We want it to have like a message and like people talking about their emotion, like all this stuff, right? That's a lot of the things happening right now in in education. So like, I get it, I get it. The down, yeah, the downside of that would have been I, I don't think I would have enjoyed this book as a kid. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is probably it, this real, violence. It's school reading, or it's just it's like, like grade four. To read I would say like one. grade four level. Yeah, yeah, but even at that time, like, it, I wouldn't have been super. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I would have. No been, one was already but... jaded by then. <laughs> I started Yo. reading Berserk way too young. Yeah, that would uh, do it. Way t- I like grade four. You yeah, said because if that's yeah. the case, I was already reading JoJo's at that point. Oh yeah. shit! So uh, <laughs> might have been a bit boring for no, me. So yeah. much more makes sense now, <laughs> right? So I, I I know I was reading Berserk before I got into high school, so that is another. Oh my god! <laughs> indicator of yeah. Damn, uh, yeah. All right, just comics. It's fine, right? What's the worst I could have? Oh god. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I think we are basically done from here. It's just, we're going to just break it down into more tangents if we keep at this. So, without any further ado, let's get into our canon rankings. All right, welcome to the rankings section. So yeah, I'm kind of on the fence for this book. I'm not actually 100% 100 sure what I should give it. So I'll lean on you guys first so that I can 
take a measure from that. So, uh, Dan, what did you give Mission to Disaster? I gave it a five. Okay. okay. Um, a little bit more than Race to Crash Point Tower. Um, like, it was an okay book. I wouldn't, like, so th my ranking is for, not for kids to read it, but, like, mm. adults, right? Like, if you're an adult, would I recommend reading this book? Probably not, right? Um, mm. It's a book that does something and it introduces another character that's interesting to a degree, but at the same time, it's not a necessary read. Not a lot mm. was contributed to the story of the High Republic, right? Um, but as for a kid, I would have probably given this like a seven for a grade four student to read. Like, I'd be like, yeah, like this is a book. If you want to like read Star Wars, here's another story, right? And the thing as a kid is like, I don't know if you guys ever read the Magic Treehouse series. No. It's like these two kids that go into a treehouse and then they like look through their book and whatever the book they're like looking through or page or whatever, it takes them to that time. So like dinosaur time, medieval nights, like that kind of stuff. Oh, I think I've heard of it. Yeah, and like yeah. that series to me, when I read it, I love that series. And all I wanted was mm -hmm. like, I want to know the next story. I want to know what happens oh, okay. next. I want to know like the next I, I adventure. I think I know the one you're talking about. Right? Yeah. There's not mm -hmm. a lot of like, there's not a lot of overarching story. It's more episodic, right? Yeah. And so mm -hmm. I feel like for Star Wars, for a kid, that's kind of what they're looking for. Is like, what's the next story in Star Wars? I want to know something mm -hmm. in Star Wars, right? And I so I would give this a seven for kids, but a five for, for adults for that reason. Okay, that makes sense. See, ironically for me, that series you're talking about, like a, a chronological book order series of adventures that you're interested in, that was Star Wars Legacy of the Jedi yeah. for me. Because getting those Qui-Gon Obi-Wan adventures and then later on getting those uh, Anakin Obi-Wan adventures with Siri and, and uh, Talhi and everybody else, right? Because yeah. it's the same thing I was talking with Brian about when we started geeking out over that one series yep. of Qui-Gon books where he goes mm. nuts. Um, yeah, it was, so I definitely understand that, right? And... It, yeah, if it had that same level of action that those books had, because there are a lot, a lot of people die in those books. Oh yeah, uh, when I was that, that I read. Um, so if it had something like that, I'd be down for it. Um, it's just a little bit defanged for me. But yeah, anyways, I'm starting to ramble here. So Ed, what did you give Mission to Disaster? Six for me. Um, okay. That middle of the road is pretty much. Should you read it? Should you not read it? Is it worth your time? Is it not? Similar to Dan, um, for adults, for kids, I'd say this would be one as an adult to read to a kid. Yeah, sure. It would, it would make it more interesting for both parties. You could talk about it a little bit as you're going through it. Cover those topics so, a little bit. So, mm -hmm. like, the six for, like, you have to do that in order to get enjoyment from, from an adult and as a kid, it'll make it better for you. Because that five middle of the road between 10, it's just like, yeah, drop it. But this you can use as a bonding experience. You get to know, you know, what do you like about this book? Why do you like about that? How do you think about Avon as a character? Why do you do, Why do you think the other kids didn't like her as much? I can't wait All for that, Daddy to be a thing. There's, <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good discussion topics for uh, an adult to a child that you can get in this book. But if you're just reading it for fun or anything, you'll get through it. Mm. You might want to talk to it about it sometime, but it'll bring the ideas up of these are, these are conversations that you can potentially have with someone. Well, nice. I just yeah, want to point sense. out, you gave that the same ranking as you gave fallen star. I think yeah. that's See, with would, you fallen say that's, would you say that's appropriate? Be, I'm giving, but this is it. I'm yep. giving it the six and not the five, because if you're reading it, to right. Yep. That kid, makes sense. That would be the only mm. thing. For Fallen Star, Fallen Star, die. All right. At that point, there's two, <laughs> yeah. there's just death in that one. And if you try it to brought read it down that to a six, with this sad. brought it up to a six. Is that kind exactly. of exactly yeah, that makes sense? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I am going to be giving it the exact same thing that Dan gave it, which is also a five. Uh, mostly because I liked Out of Shadows more than this, and I gave Out of Shadows a five point five. Uh -huh. I I completely and I was trying to remember why, and then I remembered, oh my god. Out of the Shadows takes so long to actually get started. Like, it is a full two-thirds of the way through the book before we actually start realizing everything. And Mission to Disaster is kind of similar. Yeah. Right? Where it takes so long for stuff to actually start to happen. And it, it is kind of like Fallen Star in that way, right? There's never really any conflict. Recently, right? Or, like, it's been a thing where it's like yeah, two-thirds of the way through Midnight Horizon, same thing. Yeah. But the big difference is, at least in Mission to Disaster... 
there's a tense edge throughout the entire True. book, right? Because Avon yeah. gets kidnapped right at the beginning. So at the very least, I'm invested that way, right? I'm like, I don't want her to die. I like, I want to see how this plays out. I was in Fallen Star. It's like, okay, I guess I'm waiting. And then Mich- and uh, Midnight Horizon. Yeah, it's like cool. And out of out of shadows, it's like cool. I guess we just wait for something to happen. Yeah. And we'll still keep waiting. And the only difference is in out of shadows, something actually happens, like early on because we get the bombing. And for everything else, it's like, all right, let's just keep going through it slowly. Yeah. So this log. Yeah. So I mean, the fact that Mission to Disaster actually does give us something to keep you invested the whole way through, I think that definitely uh, leads it up. But still, in terms of the ending, Out of Shadows did it better, in my mm, opinion. Sure. Because more action happens. Fair enough. But yeah, that, that's uh, that's about all I got. And uh, yeah, un- unless anybody else has any final points here. Nope, doesn't sound like it. So let's head into the outro. Welcome to the end of this week's episode of Temple Archives. If you've stuck around this long, as always, thank you so much for doing so. We really appreciate you. And next week, we're going to continue our little cleanup of the end of High Republic Phase 1. We're going to be jumping to the comics. So we'll be covering The High Republic Volume 2, The Heart of the Drangir. So, yeah, for those who remember last time, we kind of got that uh, vision of the Drangir matriarch queen giant super Drangir thing. And now it's all hands assembled to go and fight it. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting. And Which I mean, we kind of. Avar Chris, I believe. Yeah, comics, yeah, yeah. Avar Chris. And we kind of know how parts of that end because of what we've seen in Fallen Star and other things, but it'll be cool to see it in the real actual time. event. Yeah. 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 And who knows? Maybe we'll finally get an answer for what happened to Tarek and Sarek, and I can be even more angry or more justified or think that Fallen Stars are more justified, but I don't think it's going to be that one. <laughs> we'll find out. We'll see. Who knows? I, I've been wrong before, so maybe I'll be wrong again. But if you have any questions, comments, theories, anything you want to tell us about this episode or the content that we were going over, we'd love to hear from you. And Dan, would you mind telling the listeners how they can get a hold of us? Yeah, you can find us over at voiceoftheforce.com. That's voiceoftheforce.com. And you can find our episode posts there for this episode and others. You can also find contests that we post there. You can find about us section, contact us form, our shop, and different categories for different things. So if you want to learn more about The Mandalorian and listen to our opinions on that or the book of Boba Fett, there are actual sections for those. And you can just pull that up and see all the episodes right there for them. So you have to shift through all the um, podcast uh, backlog. You can just go, oh, that's the category I want. There it is. You can also email us at voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. That's voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. There is a little bit of a pattern here. And you can send us your question, comments, theories on this book, The High Republic in general, because I really want to learn a little bit more about what people think of The High Republic um, and see what you guys have for opinions on certain topics. Maybe the leveler, maybe, you know, Vernestra and Emery and their relationship, whatever it is. You can find us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at voice force pod. You can uh, retweet and repost our new episode tweets and posts, share them on your stories. And that helps with growing our listener base and is very much appreciated. Remember to listen, rate, review, follow, or subscribe to the podcast on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon music, and all major podcast platforms. Remember if you review us with five stars and a comment, it does help with people finding the podcast and grows our community a lot more. Follow for free for the latest episode as soon as it releases. Back to you, Noma. Thank you, Dan. And remember, if you are on a very small planet, then you might have to double check if it is the one from Star Wars or the one from Rick and Morty. A really easy way to figure that out is... Can you walk around the entire planet in about half an hour? That's the Rick and Morty one. Did you die from lava? That's the Star Wars one. Oh, gosh, Rick. That sounded like that Goofy. Bad. Yeah, it was. <laughs> gosh, Rick. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I, don't, know, I, I don't know why. Uh, over here, Morty.
You gotta, you gotta you, it's not right, Morty. You gotta do the thing, and then when you do the thing, Morty, you understand it has to be it has to be the it has to be the way you're gonna do it. But if you're not gonna do it that way, Morty, you're an idiot, and you gotta you just gotta stop. <laughs> it's gotta cut that shit out. I don't know why, but as soon as you did the goofy voice, mm-hmm. it just pro- propelled me into. Do you think that the lead will ever beat the darkness? <laughs> I think that the darkness will always conquer the hearts of others. Remember to pre-order Kingdom Hearts 358 over 72 Birth by Sleep, Rise Against Darkness, the forgotten second 4.5 final mix. Coming to this dream drop distance soon. Jesus Christ, you need to get